When I come home from a busy day, uh, stuck in traffic, uh, just having to run errands on the way home, and I finally pull up into the driveway, um, I love when there's a neighbor that's walking by that just wants to, wants to chit-chat. And then, you know, I talk with them, and I get inside, and then, you know, dinner needs to be made, so I get to do that, and, you know, see, hear how everyone's day was, and then maybe the phone rings. Uh, perfect ending to the day, right? Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, it's like, I just, I want to, when I see the neighbor, I just want to run in the door or pretend I'm, I'm sick and I'm coughing or something like that and get in there. And uh, there's just something about uh, when we think of resting, uh, one of the barriers that we run into is busyness. There's so many things that are packed into our schedules there, there's so much that we try to do and everyone need, we need to run the kids over here and we have these commitments and there's stuff going on with work and this and that needs to happen that we just try to do so much throughout the day and it makes it hard to rest. Uh, but there's another barrier that we have and there's a barrier of, of our autonomy. We value being independent. We value making our own decisions. We value being able to choose what we're going to do and how we're going to spend our time. And we become more disconnected because of that. That we're very independent from each other. And when we talk about rest and the value and that we actually have relational needs and we need each other to get those needs met, sometimes it's hard to do that and rest relationally because we're isolated. But sometimes it's like, I don't have the energy to connect with people, and so all I need is I'm so busy, and how am I supposed to, if I don't have the energy, how am I supposed to get these relational needs met, uh, but then there's no time to, to do anything, and so how is this supposed to happen? And so part of when we talk about rest, we need to be asking the question, how do we engage with each other in rest? You know, the... This month, we are having a, a season of rest where we're saying for the month of August, we're going to slow down some of our ministries and do this intentionally so that we can uh, encourage uh, each other as a church to be slower and, and to rest. We start off the month by saying we're looking upwards in our rest, and that rest reminds us to look at God and recognize that He is our creator, He is our provider. Last week, we talked about how uh, with rest, we look inward, and a part of rest is acknowledging that we have limits, that there's only so much that we can do and that we are finite in our time, in our energy, in our, in our abilities. Today, as we, as we rest, we look outwards and we look at each other, and we say, I, I rest uh, and I need you in my rest. That there's a part that I have a need for you and I need to engage with you uh, to rest. And this is how it was intended. When we, when we think of rest, rest is not just an internal thing that I do by myself uh, in isolation and stillness, but rest includes meaning to interact with you and to connect with you. And how often do we actually have time to do that? When's the last time that you feel like you really had someone that you had a meaningful conversation with where you felt like this person understood me and I understood that person? This is part of what rest is. 
And so let's consider some of the implications of what the Sabbath meant for Israel. We're gonna, I want to read this, this passage that we just read with uh, that Albert just read for us again. So rest, it affirms community. So Exodus 31, verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. This, this was a conversation that the Lord is having with Moses on Mount Sinai in, during the, the time of Exodus. And so the Israelites have left Egypt. They, they stop and set up shop at Mount Sinai for, for a time. And the Lord is, is having conversations with Moses because the Israelites do not know very much about the Lord. And so this is a time where the Lord is revealing to Moses who he is and what it means to be in relationship with a holy God. And he says part of what it means to be in a relationship with him is the value of a Sabbath and the value of resting. And so he says that the Lord is in a covenantal relationship with Israel and a sign of being in this covenantal relationship is that the that the Israelites are to keep this practice of a Sabbath. This was not a practice where it was an individual Israelite thinking, okay, I'm resting and I'm in this relationship with Elohim and, and we, this, is what, this is what it means to be a Jew. There, there was an idea of that, it was, that was too limited. The idea is I am in a relationship with this Lord along with my community. That a sign of being a follower of him is that I am resting together with his people. That this is part of who I belong to and this is where I'm resting with these people because I'm one of them and we are the people that God has a relationship with. Uh, one, one, One commentator describes it this way. He says, the Sabbath is a sign of the Mosaic Covenant just as the rainbow is the sign of God's covenant with Noah, as the circumcision is the sign of God's covenant with Abraham, the Sabbath was primarily for the benefit of Israel. This was an ongoing practice reminding them of who they were, that we're resting because I'm identifying with my community and we are identifying as we are people that are in a relationship with God. And so we do this week after week to have this reminder. For us as, as Christians, we, we are not under the Mosaic law, but the value of having a rhythm of rest is still important. There's the importance of us recognizing uh, and having a separation from our culture. There's a part where we say that we live in our culture seven days a week. We need to have one day reminding us of who we really are. That my deeper identity is not in my job. It's not in any of my relationships. It's not in my abilities. It's not in my status. The deeper part of my identity is in what Christ has done for me. The the true community that I belong to is the church. And so I I need to have time where I'm reminding myself of this is who I really am. This is actually what has been done for me. My Savior died for me, and he has given me this gift of rest. 
And so I pause and I rest to remind myself of this is what is true about me, and this is who I belong to, that I belong to the church, that these are my people and this is my community. This is a reminder of my identity. Let me tell you a story. Um, uh, before before uh, we had our son, Christine and I had a chance to, to go to Italy um, years ago, and um, you know when you when you go when you go somewhere like that, your goal is to like pack in as many things and like to see all the sights. And especially with the with a place like that, there's so much history, and so you're trying to run around to all the different sites. Uh, I remember a specific dinner that we had while we were there, and I, I have a picture uh, that I that I want to show you. Okay, so the guy standing up, uh, I snapped this while he wasn't looking. Um, he was he was the host of the restaurant, and I took his picture because. I don't think I'd ever seen anyone enjoy his job as much as he did. Like, he was, like, so friendly. He was, like, joking around with everyone, very hospitable. Like, every person he was interacting with, it just seemed like an overflow of joy for him. And uh, so we, we eat our meal, and uh, so we go to ask for the bill. And so, so I ask him, I ask him, come, come bring us the bill. And he says, okay, okay. And then he comes back and he gives us some sorbet. And I was like, oh, this was like very, very generous. And so, you know, we enjoy that. And then I say, okay, second time, can we, can we get the bill? And he says, okay, okay, okay. Then he comes back and he brought us, it was like dessert wine or something like that. And I was like, okay, you know, this is nice. And then, like, again, can, can we get the bill a third time? And he came back with, like, some little cookie thing. And, and I'm like, how are we ever going to get out of here? This is, like, the most hospitable hostage situation that it's like, just let me go. Like, take whatever it costs. Like, I'll pay you more. Just let me free me. And... And uh, there was something I struggled with that because this was not a value that I had. You know, I, I, find, I eat so that I am nourished so that I can move on and accomplish the next thing. And in this case, it was I want to eat so that I have energy to go see the next site. Uh, but that's not the culture. The culture there is you eat and you appreciate the work that went into this food. You appreciate the people who, who grew the vegetables, the, the chef who prepared the meal, uh, especially the tradition that went into this. That people have been making this cheese and making this pasta for this way for centuries and this is who the people are. You, you eat these meals and you take a long time because you're valuing that this is a time that you have with other people, with your family or with your friends. And, and you can imagine if, if you're used to that and then you were to come here and you're to watch us like eat a granola bar for dinner as we're running on to the next thing, you would be like, this is nuts. What are these people doing? And, and there's a part where it's like, man, I... I missed the, the purpose. I did not have the same purpose for this meal that he did. There, there's a part of us that we need practices of rest as Christians to remind us of who we really are as people. That we need times so we can slow down and say, what really is the purpose of what we're doing? Who do I really belong to? Is my, where does my identity really lie? 
And I need practices built in to remind myself of that and to remind me of who I am. You know, the reality of this is that um, there's a cost to this. You know, there's, there's things that we won't end up doing. There's things that we're going to have to say, I don't have time for that because I'm practicing this. And there are implications that we may lose uh, out on some things. There might be some things we never get to. There might be ways that our performance in certain things or our status or standing in some things doesn't measure up as, as much as it could. But this is, this is a time where we need to say, what really is important? You know, I, I, when I talk to parents who have grown kids, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, man, I spent too much time with my kids growing up. You know, what I hear over and over, you know, is people telling me, like, enjoy the time that you have with your son. He, he's going to grow up. You know, as we think of as we think of as adults, our our grown our parents in our, our childhood, I don't I don't know. I've heard so many times, man, I wish my dad was around more. You know, and there's there's a part where we just need to say we need to have rhythms of rest because there are times where we think, man, I wish that I was around my family more. I wish I was I spent more time with my friends, people that I care about. And sometimes I'm missing those opportunities because I'm so caught up in the other things that I feel like I need to be running around to. And so there is a cost of things that we have to say, that we, we have to draw the line and say we won't be able to get to that. But we carve out time to rest because we can celebrate God's gift of rest alongside each other. God has given us a place of belonging. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, that place of belonging is in the church. And since this is an act of grace, all of us are equally undeserving of his blessing. uh, Rest affirms community. It also affirms equality. Further further descriptions of, of the Sabbath. It says this in Deuteronomy 5. Verse 13, it says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall shall not do any work, and listen to who who this extends to. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any of the foreigners residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. The gift of rest extended to everyone regardless of their status. This was, this was an act of grace that no one deserved, and the Lord is saying part of being in this community is that everyone gets to enjoy this. It doesn't matter who you are, but every person and even the, even the animals, even the creation gets to enjoy this. And so the Israelites were supposed to allow the servants, even the foreigners, people who are not Jewish and part of their community to enjoy this time and say, you are here with us, you get this blessing of rest. 
One, one author, he, he, I love the way he words this. He says, on this day, the servant would walk side by side with his master. The rich would not become richer, and the poor would not become poorer. This was a day that the rich did not become richer, the poor did not become poorer. This was, this was a day where the value of life was celebrated and affirmed. Everyone received this blessing. Everyone was, was uh, this invitation was available to anyone. As, as Christians, we, we look at this and we say, this is such an act of grace this is, this is what the gospel is about. This is, it doesn't matter who you are, but the gospel is available to you and it's for you to receive. No one is too messed up to receive this blessing and no one is too good that they've earned it. That the church is supposed to be a place when, where everyone is welcome, where the grace is available to anyone. Galatians 6 says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If, if we are living in this place where, where we are a part of a community and a community that's been established on God's grace, then the ability to rest, it means this is a privilege that all of us get to enjoy. That that everyone deserves rest. Maybe I should say that differently, not that everyone deserves rest because none of us have earned it, but everyone should be able to enjoy rest. Uh, how many experiences, or how many shared experiences can you think of that rich and poor have in common? Like, when, when I think of, when you think of neighborhoods, there are rich neighborhoods and there are poor neighborhoods. There are places where the rich kids go to school, you know, USC, the University of Spoiled Children, right? And, uh, did I offend anyone? Sorry. And, um, you know, it's, it's like there's, there's the rich schools, there's, there's, you know, the, the crummy public schools that, you know, you don't want to send your kids there. There's, you know, do you shop at Whole Foods or do you shop somewhere else? And you start thinking about what, what, how different the, the experience of life is between someone who has means and someone who does not. Like, I even think of it as, you know, as we, we go to Dodger games and I'm like, you know, there's the nosebleeds and there's the, the front row, there's the VIP experience. And how can these two people, if you have come from one side or the other, what do they have in common? How can they even relate to each other? Like, it's such a different world between the two. And one of the things that, that we look to and we say as Christians, we, we say that there's commonality because there is a shared need for the gospel and there is a shared need for rest. And as different as these two worlds can look, at the ultimately what we can say is we are part of one community, we belong in relationship with each other because we both need Jesus and we both need his blessing of rest. That this is something that we both can enjoy. And so we look at the, each other and we say, every person has value 
It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your, your gender is. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter uh, how much money you have. That every person matters. That every person is welcome. And we affirm that we have a need and a connection to each person. So we need, to, we need to be very careful when we start thinking of someone as that other person. When we start thinking of there is a person that, that I don't really have anything in common with them or they are someone that they are wrong or bad or I'm disconnected with, but we need to say these people are part of the, of the church. I'm in relationship with them. I am meant to worship alongside them. Rest helps us to recognize the sacredness of life. Because of this value, rest guides our priorities to caring and protecting others, especially our fellow Christians. So we look at how the Sabbath then looks in the New Testament and how Jesus relates to the Sabbath. He relates to it differently than the Pharisees. And this is one of the big rubs that the Pharisees have with him. And so there are times where they feel like Jesus takes the Sabbath too lightly. In this, in, in Matthew 12, verse 19, going on from that place, he, being Jesus, went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And so he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees look at him and say, you're not supposed to work, you are supposed to honor the Sabbath, that this is an identifier of who we are as a people and our relationship to God, that we don't work. And they look at Jesus and say, you're violating this and taking this too lightly, and Jesus is saying, no, you've, you've misunderstood the priority and the purpose of Sabbath. Just, just prior to this, he, he tells the Pharisees that the Lord desires not sacrifice, but mercy. The Pharisees looked at the Sabbath and they thought, this, this is in terms of what am I supposed to give up? What am I not supposed to be doing on this day for it to count as rest? And that's what it means to, to honor the Sabbath, is to sacrifice something and to give it up. Jesus is saying, no, it's not it's not about sacrificing, but it's about making space so that there are opportunities to give mercy. Create space so that you can seek restoration. Jesus says, you've, you've misunderstood what this is about. That the Sabbath is not some, just some random tradition that God said, you know, this will be something that you can do to remember that you're my people. It's God is saying, create this space so that you can be agents of healing. As, as Christians, we, seek, we need to seek mercy and restoration. 
you know, sometimes the description of the church is that it's supposed to be a hospital. It's supposed to be a place that people come and they find healing, they find connection. They're, they're prayed for, they're encouraged. This, this can look so many different ways in how we're supposed to be, bring reconciliation. You know, we, we've, we've been talking as a staff of just the number of medical needs that, that are in our church right now. And there's so many people that are going through something physically. And there, there is a physical, there are different physical needs that people in our church have. There's, there's needs where it's like for, for our young families, just getting here to church is an accomplishment. You know, that the, they're exhausted and they need someone to love them and support them, and that might be watching their kids so they can take a nap. There's, there's emotional needs that we have as a church. That there are people that are grieving that have lost something or someone, and they need someone to grieve alongside them. There are conflicts that come up in church. And this is a time where we need to create space to seek reconciliation with each other. There's, there's spiritual needs that we have. There are times where I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I don't know if God is really faithful. I don't know if God is really there. And we need people to remind us of what is the truth. Is just, it's hard for me to see this right now. I need someone to just remind me of what's true about God. I need someone to encourage me. I need someone to pray for me. These are things that we can do as we create space for ourselves to rest. I love this quote, uh, Ian McLaren, a, a Scottish minister, and he says, let us be kind to one another. Most of us are fighting a hard battle. That most of us are going through something, and so let there be kindness. Let there be healing and restoration that we bring. You know, when, when I am exhausted, I am more likely to cause damage and harm than I am to bring healing and restoration. Like when I come in and I'm just, I'm, I'm worn out, I got nothing left, the priority that I have is I need some space to just decompress. And part of the Sabbath is we're going to create that space. You're going to give yourself that space so that you have the ability to provide reconciliation, to provide healing for someone else. Slow down. Take, take space so that you are not exhausted. But living and embracing race, uh, rest helps me to operate in an economy of grace. I'm coming back to, I was given the gospel freely by grace. I did not deserve it. I am also being given rest, which I did not deserve. And because I didn't deserve any of those things, I can help create rest and healing for someone else who didn't deserve it. It's hard to just pursue healing and restoration if we don't first remember that what was provided for us graciously. Rest is meant to bring healing in myself, but also towards others. 
The Israelites kept the Sabbath, but this was not an individual experience. This was not meant for them to just enjoy alone. This was meant to be a communal event, reminding them, who do you belong to? Yes, you belong to the Lord, but you belong to the Lord alongside your fellow Israelites. As the church, this is true for us. We, we need rest. We need space where, where we can decompress. But this rest is meant to lead us to be extending God's grace to each other and to, to the communities around us. That God, God had a plan for what this day was supposed to look like. And so enjoy rest. We don't need to live an exhausted life, but use this as an opportunity to gather up your strength because God has a purpose for you, and a part of that purpose is to bring reconciliation through you. So let us consider where these opportunities are, but first, slow down. <laughs>